podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the world's greatest podcast ever hosted by Matt and Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. I am a security officer and I've had enough of this. If we were guilty, we wouldn't even be here right now. Okay, thank you, Odo. I love our new crop of and I. <laughs> I mean, that one started as I am. It, it so. did say and, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. means I guess that one should have been first. <laughs> or we should have added in. And. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, okay. So DS9's a coming. Uh, coming along here. We're five episodes in to the show. The parking lot in space. Uh, big O'Brien episode coming up. That was good. I had a good time with Chief O'Brien. Some inter- interactions with uh, Quark I thought were a little distasteful, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah. All right. Well look, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna get right into this, guys. We're gonna open up them hails. Totally oh my god. I completely <laughs> thought I was doing because we just we just did Voyager, Voyager. seconds ago, if you wanna yeah. He's Experience Voyager, Voyager. Head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent. Nope. <laughs> STTNC. I've been doing a lot of pods lately. That's all I can do. Star Look, Trek TNC. We, we can talk about your IVF struggles if you'd prefer. Uh, there's plenty of that out there. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. That's where you could support the show. Uh, and uh, get Voyager and Discovery and Enterprise and All Strange New Worlds and Picard Season 2. It's all back there, everybody. Go get it. Have a great time with it. In the meantime, that's not how this show works. This show, we're going to go to the Admirals Club first. Here we go. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review and join the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Very simple. You head over to Apple Podcasts. You leave a five-star review. You can write whatever you'd like. If you have a five-star review there, though, for us, it is your entry into the Admirals Club. And Andy might read your review on the show. Who do we got? Uh, You know, I'm going to say, and Matt keeps questioning this, I'd say if you write a positive tweet, if you uh, go on our board and you write something positive on a Star Trek board, uh, send it to us. Maybe maybe I'll read that instead. Because, uh, uh, you know, just let's widen it out. Um, it does exist. Sorry? Message boards. Are people still on message boards? Uh, maybe they're not called message boards. What are they? Just I Reddits? Reddit threads? <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> <laughs> Facebook threads. Why, what, are these, what are these kids doing? What are these kids doing now? You know, if you want to go in one of those... Uh, uh, a news group? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you want to, if you want to start a flash mob, you know, <laughs> um, 
Newbie2234 writes, Nothing quite like it. A great podcast with two really funny hosts that don't, I think, take themselves too seriously. Enjoyable. And one of those things uh, you didn't know you needed, but now can't ma- imagine being without. That's intense. Thank you. Our next one's That's from... all in life. To make yourself indispensable emotionally to someone? Yes, but secretly. Yeah. So that you don't know or so that they don't know? Huh? So that they don't know. I think you might have done that with me. Um, Yes. I think, though. I don't know. James M601 writes, uh, And I'm obsessed with this podcast. I subscribe to a lot of podcasts, hugely popular ones, obscure ones, serious ones, silly ones. Frankly, most of them go unlistened to. This is the only one I actually open my podcast app specifically to check on and to sigh mournfully when there isn't a new episode yet. But when there is, it's like Christmas morning. I was a fan of Matt's going back to the (laughs) earliest days of Nerdist and really miss the days when that podcast was just three nerds sitting in a room talking about whatever. And maybe there's a guest sometimes. This show has that same vibe, except it's two nerds, and the guest is an episode of Trek. Not only is <laughs> <laughs> not only is Funny the show a uh, fantastically fun listen, it also makes old Trek more enjoyable and new Trek bearable. <laughs> it's uh, important to note that Matt and Andy are not just random dudes who love Trek. I mean, they are that, but they're also screenwriters who have experience with how television is written and produced. And then one of them happens to be obsessed with track to a point of genuine medical concern. This means their observations are informed and insightful on a level most wouldn't be able to reach. That's enough out of me, but if you haven't subscribed that I don't then I don't know what's wrong with you. Do it now. Thank you so much for your kind words, James M James six zero one. I I've never thought about that, but I like the idea that Every week we're welcoming a guest, and it's the episode of Star Trek we watched. Yeah. We do hear from that quite a bit, you know? From who? From the, the from the yes, it's true. Yeah. Sometimes disputing so. us. Sometimes arguing with what we're saying. <laughs> uh, certainly with what I say. Um, Matt, we, uh, we skipped over something already, um, but I didn't want to break the flow any further. Uh, should they watch this episode? Do we do that here? I guess I'll ask. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. It's okay. You don't even care about the O'Brien aspect, huh? Andy, would you have them watch this episode? Uh, yeah. I'm I'm liking uh, all the DS9s. There you go. DS9's batting a thousand, according to Andy Secunda. A thousand is all. Uh, so... Now that we did that inside the Admirals Club, let's head over to the President's Circle. All right. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Hello, it's the United Federation of Planets President's Circle. This is a great place to be. Head over to Star Trek's TNC's Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and join us. Become a patron at the president's level and get yourself ooh, how many? Two voyages. Six six episodes a month now? What are we doing? Seven? Wait. Oh, the president level? Oh, to total? Jesus. We got two voyagers. We got one 
uh, Enterprise. We got three discos. So that's six hours, six six episodes. So it's like ten or twelve six, hours or something. Six hours. It's like one episode, six hours sometimes. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Uh, you also get priority access to the hail bag, which means we'll hear from you before we hear from the riffraff out there in subspace. Uh, and uh, if you're lucky enough to tickle Andy's fancy, you could get yourself a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor and get singled out for having a good message this week. Who we got? This week is from Jeffrey's Hologram, um, who uh, hails us often. Uh, but he ha- he pointed at something out that uh, you and I, of course, would never pay attention to. According to Apple Podcasts, your next episode is your 200th episode. We know that is not accurate. Cough, cough, saucer section, plus patron. Uh, but still, congrats. So this is the, theoretically, the 200th episode. Uh, that is what I would describe as alarming. uh, (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? 179 episodes of TNG. Yeah. And, uh, we did all those. And then we did some sporadic in-betweeners, some randos and whatnots. That is correct. Because there are 190, I'm on our, um server right now is 199 published episodes andy we did it we did it pal this was our goal wow. to reach this 200th episode so we could quit forever and we finally did it i think people are confused by our ske- our our uh currently weekly schedule of star trek episodes that are coming out yeah because it looks like people are like not either they don't like us talking about ds9 or they're not refreshing their feeds <laughs> Well, we're not on a dependable schedule, so they may not know when to check in. I disagree. Looks like we're eight days between every episode. But it's not like every DS9 episode so far has been eight days between. Uh huh. So you guys listened uh, to the last episode on the 23rd. It may be also. Back on. That a lot of diehards are getting it from the Patreon. But I guess it wouldn't be that much of a distinction. Because there aren't. No. Yeah. Point is, congratulations on 200 episodes, Andy. You did it. I did it by myself. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. Just me and the episode of Star Trek. did it all right um that's about all the fanfare you get out of these two lumps that's it um and is that the only medal of uh, medal of valor that's the only medal of valor i great let's open up them priority one messages priority one message from starfleet coming in on secured channel just give you a heads up there's going to be stuff from the dropbox later we rolled right from one pod into another and i forgot to tell you um god Cosmo Moore says, How big must DS9 be? It dwarfs the Enterprise D, and you can cram thousands in there. You must have tons of space for crew quarters. A 20-minute walk around the ring to get to O'Brien's quarters. And then Eric Peebles uh, 
added an interesting tidbit, which I'm curious if you knew. The original plan was to build a monorail into the set, but it ended up way too expensive and wouldn't be used enough to justify it. That's cool. I think that would have been amazing. I think it would have been justified. It would have been very... I think it would have looked real weird. Unless they added, like, some lights to the bottom and made it sound like a future kind of movement. I don't know how I feel about the the elevator platform that's not an elevator. I like it. It certainly it would be easier blocking-wise. dramatic looks. Yeah, it's, it's sort of more effective dramatically and easier in terms of blocking to get somebody out and... I guess it does have sort of more of an industrial kind of quality to it that it's like almost like a construction site. But uh yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I like a I like an elevator scene. Um a turbo lift scene as the case may be. Uh Lieutenant Tess uh was uh, building on the uh Andy with an ampersand and said Andy can start signing his autograph as ampersand Y or maybe ampersand E I think that'll really save me a lot of time with all those autographs I'm signing uh, Look, just, you're always looking for life hacks and time savers so. it's, it's so true I'm constantly talking about it <laughs> this is going to save me precious seconds um, you know of course I'll, I'll lose the same amount of time by going really you want my autograph Huh? Uh, Justine Adamek writes, uh, my daughter is a kindergarten teacher with a BA. This is about Keiko becoming the, just deciding to be a kindergarten teacher, which was a big discussion in the last episode. My daughter is a kindergarten teacher with a BA and a master's in education, as well as a lot of training and continuing education. So I agree that teaching is a true profession, but... There are a lot of examples of other professions trying teaching, especially when supply is low. There are programs where college graduates or retired people looking for a career change teach first and get their teaching credential later. There are places where substitute teachers don't have to be credentialed. Parochial schools hire uncredentialed teachers. Usually the pay is so low they can't attack, attract credentialed teachers. The programs that take in educated people and get them credentialed as they go are particularly successful so Keiko is a successful scientist in a place where there are no teachers and it's not likely to attract a teacher for no other reason that it's still too dangerous there are a small number of students and likely hollow training programs although we never see her taking any classes I would have liked to have seen a line or two about the challenges but I think Keiko was a good choice for a teacher so it's a counter thought on the Keiko issue well, I mean, Keiko uh, is a great choice because they don't. Keiko has no other uh, obligations now that there's no ship's arboretum. Yes, I think it's more of a question of her credentials and whether she should be teaching children. But um, you know, they got all those computers that are sort of guiding them anyway. Um. Uh, and then Justine also added, I had aphasia once. It did come out as random words, but I couldn't get the right words out. I couldn't say no. I thought no. I could even visualize the letters in my mind and tried to sound it out. No matter what, no matter what, I kept saying yes, but the other one. <laughs> Instead of no. What a, what a, first of all, that's what a freaking nightmare. Uh, but it is hilarious. Exercise and like, like uh it's not like a thing people 
do, like, for a week, I'm going to say yes to everything. It is a funny way to, to dodge that the issue of, of having to say yes to everything because you're just confusing the person by going, yes, but the other one. You want to go out Sunday? Yes, but the other one. Oh, uh, Saturday then? Uh, yes, but the other one. <laughs> oh, so Friday. Okay. Yes, but the other one. <laughs> oh, no. This is going to go on really long. Third base. Uh, Neil Studd writes, uh, your space remaster of Casa- Casablanca should obviously be called Deep Fake 9. <laughs> Eric, I like it. Eric Peebles writes us, uh, so the Universal Translator isn't up to the task of sorting out this gibberish for the aphasia. I mean, no, I, I don't think it is. Because it's it just reads language, right? However, yeah, they're saying yeah. words and not in the order in which they're intending to say words, and not the words they're intending to say. So, how the hell could the translator make heads or tails of it? Yeah, dummy. Yeah, you tell him, Matt. You're so dumb with your thoughts. You tell that consistent supporter and witty person. What are you? What are you? What are you? You probably listen to this terrible podcast. That's how dumb you are. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> Lieutenant Sucker, Patrick. This isn't even a podcast. This is just a practical joke on you. This show hasn't existed. <laughs> we did 200, 200 episodes just to suck you in. <laughs> yes, uh, prank. Pranks, man. <laughs> Lieutenant Patrick writes, Andy, you're too busy bagging on Odo's ears to realize his ears are just as likely as his eyes to play into your theory that Odo can see out of every part of him. If that's true, he could also hear out of every part of him. In fact, considering how much of this series has him disguised as an object to observe, he would have to. He didn't morph an ear onto the drink tray. Be- that being the case, that the only reason they're even there is that is so that humanoids don't realize he is just a giant blob of endless eyes and ears and run screaming out of the room how much time are you going to spend sculpting your ear every day um i think these are all really valid points patrick i think that his ears were underneath you just couldn't see them underneath the ears you could see no, I think they're like his ears, like when he was a chair, his yeah. ears were under the chair. Like he totally had those ears, but they're under the chair. There's a cartoon character like that. Who is it? I guess Plastic Man kind of does that. No matter what Plastic Man does, you can always kind of see a little Plastic Man yeah, face. he has the face. Yeah. 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 Um, Andy, the astrophysicist, uh, hails us, do you all realize that four episodes in... You've given 75% of the MVCs to Kira. The rest have gone to Bashir. Also, this is the best four episodes of any Legacy Trek series y'all have watched so far. DS9, 6.5. Enterprise, 6. Voyager, 5.5. TNG, 4.1. Although that's certainly swayed by the 9.5 that Andy gave Emissary. That was probably a little high. You did. I did. Um... The great and terrible uh, I, is. I believe it. Like so far, it's the most. To me, there's no contest. There hasn't been a dud. There hasn't really been a dud. You know. No, it's like you can argue the thing that was probably partly the reason that I was put off, which is, it's, 
it takes a lot more attention. It's not a whiz bang kind of like show. You can even argue maybe it's a little more boring, but it's like all great writing, all great conceptually, really solid if um, flamboyant performances. Um, it's all very promising. Great and Terrible Lizak says, Odo must be able to split himself in independent parts. Otherwise, how could he do functioning wheels on the drink cart unless he took the wheels off the cart and was just holding them in a way that allowed them to roll? And then Mr. and Miss Ultimate Trekkers say, the wheels could still be a part of him. He's essentially liquid, so they could spin forever and never get twisted, which was the first thing I thought. However, the second thing I thought is, there could be a million tiny feet that are kind of moving on the bottom of the wheels so the wheels never spin. <laughs> like That's a snake, definitely it. snake belly. And then, but then that would also require that Odo is, has a little mouth somewhere and he's making a little <laughs> sound for the, for the wheels. Unless carts don't make that sound in the future. But I think that his did. It sounded pretty aluminum to me. Yeah. So good on Odo for being able to. Also, like, I imagine that Odo had a handle inside of him. Like, he just took one so that when Quark grabbed onto the cart, it didn't feel like he was grabbing onto <laughs> his liquid <butt>. flesh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. Well, this is a good question. My interpretation is that. He is taking on to a certain degree the the maybe not essence, but the but the sort of solidity of the the thing is that the established later yeah. properties of that yeah. thing. I don't. Well, maybe know. not. Maybe not that deep, but like if it's he's he's acting like a rock, then he feels like a rock. But you mean on the inside, emotionally? Well, he definitely feels like a rock that way. <laughs> Uh, Odo is the one who's definitely begging the most questions of, well, what's really going on? I'll say that. Um, sure. James McLaughlin says, uh, Andy, if you had semi-Q powers, what festival would you want to take a feature to? Um, I mean, unless the Q powers revealed that there was a more effective way to start your career than Sundance. I guess it would be Sundance. But look, I don't know what's going out in the universe. There may be something that would make this Sundance seem very pedestrian. Oh, so you think there might be an intergalactic festival you could get your show, your film screamed in? I mean, I would hope so. Because I don't think okay. Sundance really gets that. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, people, maybe all the, the rest of the universe is watching Sundance. Really justifies all that? those. Who gets that buzz? All those agents and people showing up there. This is going to be for the whole. You know, there are. Uh, you must have noted, because you're like me, that uh, sometimes in a contract, uh, they will have a statement that's like, and we retain the rights to this, you know. Uh, throughout the known universe or something like that in the in the contract yeah yeah um i've always i've always sort of thought like haha is that just 
there was a lawyer that was a nerd, or is that just like there was a lawyer who was so like, no, even if they we got off this planet, <laughs> we don't know what's gonna happen when we get outside this uh, the solar system. What do you want? You want Martians? You want Martians coming down and making this movie? <laughs> we have to retain the rights forever. Um, Lieutenant Ben Plavin writes. Simple Hesitation is the name of my late 90s ska band. <laughs> Judge Advocate Richie says, uh, I find it more than a coincidence that Jadzia being shown symptoms, being, began showing symptoms of the virus immediately after Cisco told her that she would have to take over Chief O'Brien's repair duties. <laughs> Those lazy trills. <laughs> That's, That's <right>. funny. <laughs> So clear. Oh, I can't oh. record, Andy. I uh, suddenly feel. Oh boy, I just I gotta I gotta better lay down. You didn't do the aphasia. S- simple hesitation. <laughs> well, that really, to tell you the truth, one of us having aphasia would not affect the quality of this podcast that much. What uh, if I was saying to you? What if I was saying to you? I can't wait to take over at Ops. Uh, everything's gonna be A-OK up here Good luck Cisco But it came out as I really gotta go lay down <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's basically what your character would be On DS9 wouldn't it Simple hesitation I gotta lay down Captain Pike's pompadour hair tonic blend <laughs> That's funny <laughs> Says uh, Okay so we're, we're about to head into a A thing Oh, no. The, not not this one. Attention all jingle wizards. Turn the song Mr. Bojangles into a sweet Mr. Bozanga jingle. Come on, folks. <laughs> I forgot about Bozanga. It was really great. Um, okay. So then uh, Cosmo sent us an MVC. If you could play full Cosmo MVC. Oh, he because he had a full... This is full Cosmo MVC. Will it be Cisco or Major Kira? It could even be a Ferengi. So let's hear what Matt and Andy think. It's probably (laughs) O'Brien. I like it. Um, he wanted he wanted his his full version. I like that full version. I like that a lot. He has a shortened version too. If we're, you know, if we want to just... Uh, I like the full. Get to it. So you have either. Uh, that sure. is it for the Priority One messages. All right. Now we're going to head out and open up the hail bag proper. Oh, boy. Captain... Incoming message. Uh, that one still works because eventually Worf shows up on the station. Uh, you know, if we have a, uh, one to switch it out, uh, I'm open to it. But yes. Uh, okay, hails are open. Uh, DS9 hail sounds for when Matt wants to split the hails off from Chris Greenwood. Uh, as the face group requested some DS9 sounds for the hails, here are two um, specifically for face group 
by the way, if we haven't mentioned, if anybody's coming in for DS9, is our Facebook group, which I mistakenly called Face Group. Um, it's a no, fantastic is, bunch. Of, the name of it. It's the Face Group. It is now the Face Group. So it's a fantastic bunch of people. Please check it out. Um, actually, this should probably the be a face. of like-minded suckers who've been listening to this fake podcast for <laughs> 200 episodes. <laughs> you can all sympathize with each Suckers. other <laughs> we gotcha uh i think this deserves uh the uh hailing us ignore them mm-hmm. i like the ignore them uh they're hailing us again mm. thank you i will incorporate that into our sounds so does Matt suggest breaking off the hails into a separate episode once you go get on with the main part of the show you can play the first file it'll be followed by the second after you've bickered and go ahead with the hails anyway. So that's when these can be Here's used. me thinking the hails are too long. They're hailing us. Ignore them. All right. <laughs> that's that's right in my alley. Um Okay. Alex Cherkasky writes, mm-hmm. "Hi Andy. Uh guess I guess a lot of records. Here I'll send you this." This link. Uh, I guess a lot of records were lost in the Third World War. There was a small outbreak of aphasia in Boston in 2006. So play this from uh, skip ahead to 25 to this 25th second. Can't wait. Nonsense, Your Honor. I refer you to Plaintiff's Exhibit Number Apple. I beg your pardon? Apple trash can is picked from God. Huh? Mr. Shore. Not that you're 60, but classic electrons are free. Objection. Uh, I think. Mr. Shore, you have a notorious history of courtroom theatrics. If your aim is to force a mistrial, you will be disappointed. Pillow pants join forces over embargo pylons. You aren't sailing past honor for the liking of a room. These questions are birthday basements. To end the blue radish is the upside of luxury, and sparking a good lizard can only make tears fall in hindsight. Puddles do not ask for why not. It is tr- <laughs> it's, it's very funny with all the camera pushes. <laughs> like, I mean, that is some good David E. Kelly action right there. Uh... There you go, aphasia, and that was some that was some good spadering. Spadering, you can't beat him. I performed a scene with Spader in the office. You can beat him if you're Iron Man. Technically, no. I would say I performed well with him is is a is a reach, but I was standing next to him. <laughs> you performed while James Spader was on camera. Yes, I was there when James Spader performed a scene, and I was on I was on camera with him. I was holding a dog. Um, okay, Babel. Let's see. Uh, Benjamin King. Uh, hi, Andy. Love this episode. Thank you, Benjamin. Uh, made a couple of sound bites for when Andy discusses trills and what unclear, they are. Unclear if he said. Unclear if he meant the show DS9 or this fake podcast. Often that is a question. I also realize that he's the Australian chapter of the TNC community, so I'll have to just give that a whack here. <clears throat> Hi, Andy. Love the episode. 
Made a couple of sound bites for when Andy discusses trills and what they are. Love the pod. Benjamin King. Andy's accent corner. Animo Andy, tú puedes. It's gonna be shit. So the first one is uh, if you could play TNC Trill Short. Actually, it's just that one. All the Trill are saying. Yeah. You're not gonna go to space and not fuck. <laughs> you're gonna go to space and not fuck. You're saying you're gonna go into space and you're not gonna fuck. Until um, you fucked in space. I go fuck. Man. It don't matter what you fuck. Just fuck. Trills love to fuck. Dax is down to. <laughs> <laughs> At the, uh, it's good comedic timing that ending. That That's little, why I was like, little, he, he said a longer one than I was like, oh, you, this That's is perfect. Good. Don't mess with this. That button at the end is good. Now, Matt, uh, yes, I have a question because <laughs> my brain doesn't function. I don't know if yours will either. Did I do a quantum leap crossover thing, or did I not, not played it for for the, these people? We've, we we've played it. We have. We okay. Have played it. Okay. Then never mind. Yeah. That was from Daniel Polito. Thank you. Uh, all right, then let me go on to Kumo, uh, who uh, tells us, Andy, I think you made a pertinent observation about how DS9 sometimes nails, or is reasonably good at, plotting, and at the same time doesn't go too deep into the theme. Sometimes, though, it kind of has its own way of doing theme, and the episode that you will be discussing next, Captive Pursuit, more or less sold me on DS9 initially because it shows quite well the attitude of DS9 that I both love and hate, depending on the episode. There's the wrong way, there's the Starfleet way, and then there's our way. Thank Frank Sinatra. Uh, I'm also sending you an alternate MVC jingle for your consideration, and perhaps occasional use if you're so inclined. Uh, this would be DS, DS9 MVC song. So we've seen Kira struggle with her past Cisco's overacting class O'Brien fixing someone's toaster Odo turn into a coaster Was Bashir fascinated by a sickness? Did Dax punch Julian in the dick? It's time for MVC I like that I mean, that's um, some impressive production there. It's like got everything. It's got harmonizing. I mean, it's got edits. It's nice and smooth. Our audience is, uh, you know, very talented. They're talented uh, people. they can't suss out a practical joke. <laughs> we got you. You just yeah, wasted sucker. your time making an NBC jingle. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to do another 200 of these. <laughs> Uh, this is really the master stroke this one as a matter of fact I think Nelson is in the uh, in the uh, in the president circle so I'm giving him another another Pike Medal of Valor here hey guys I made something I hope you like the first part is someone you may want to use when opening the virtual mailbag this is from Nelson Helwig. Could you play the cameo he ordered us? Cameos uh, give me such douche chills. This one won't. Um, you never know. It's possible. The Q one we got was the best, though. Doctor, I believe you have some messages. <laughs> Hi, Matt and Andy. 
another Andy Robinson here, a.k.a. Garrick, your plain and simple tailor, although not too much these days. And this greeting it comes courtesy of Nelson, President's Circle member. <laughs> uh, and I think he'd like to thank you for taking on DS9 on your podcast, Star Trek, The Next Conversation. <laughs> and an ongoing conversation, man. an eternal <laughs> conversation. Anyway, um, so... Matt, I understand you've seen all the episodes, but Andy, uh, you're kind of uh, He's fresh. a newbie, um, and I, I I can only say you have a lot to look forward to. I I, I love doing the show. I loved Garrick, and uh, and I miss him. I miss the old guy. <laughs> anyway, so there's something about a cat. How's the cat doing? Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to mention something about Andy's love life. I would never do that. That's, <laughs> that's not kosher. Anyway, my friends, Very kosher. be well, take care, live long, and have a really good time. Bye. That was very sweet. Andy Robinson, very a.k.a. Nice Garrick. Those, uh, those truck guys, they know how to deliver their cameos. I mean, you know, they they get the game. They understand the game. And they understand their fandom, and they uh, appreciate their fandom. Uh, and thank you, whereas, Nelson Helwig. Generous uh, cameo you uh, bestowed on us. Whereas um, we don't appreciate our fandom because it's all made up, you suckers. Oh, you gotcha. <laughs> Nonetheless, I extended the prank even further. We have an Instagram, and so I'm going to put that... Uh, I'm going to put that Garrick thing on our Star Trek TNC Instagram, uh, even though it's out of order. <laughs> violate any terms and does that violate any terms and conditions of uh, cameo? Oh, good question. I don't think so because we put the Q one up there. Look, when I finally logged into Twitter again after God knows how long, I had a DCMA copyright strike against my Twitter account, mm. and I don't know what it was for. The DMA came after you. D D D C M A. Oh no, the D M A. So like, and like, if it happens again, they have to. They just delete my Twitter account, and I don't know what it did. What is D C M A? It's a copyright strike. And so, like, someone you, claimed you someone claimed a, a copyright something? on something I posted. I don't know. Unknown. Interesting. There was never yeah. an email explanation. Huh. Didn't know it happened. But yeah. Odd. Uh, if you would like to send a... Oh, sorry. There's one more. It's a prime corrective. I apologize. Mm. <laughs> Time for retrospective. Because truth is all objective. It's a prime corrective. Because Matt Mandy got it wrong. Um, this is just to highlight my own stupidity. Lieutenant Neil Studd wrote, "You did the thing again. You did the thing when you read a comment about Quantum Leap, and you both uh, you both mistake uh, Al for AI. That's <laughs> really on me. That's not on uh, Matt. Uh, it says uh, AI. AI. It, it says Al in it, and I read it as AI, as in uh. artificial intelligence." 
Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, Andy, uh, apologize, but but mean it this time. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think he means it. Folks, Thanks. if you would like to send us a hail, you can send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. If you'd like to... Follow Matt and maybe try and get him drummed off of Twitter for his copyright infringements. Um, you can do that. Whatever I did, I'm sorry. At Matt Myra. That's also his Instagram. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Uh, you can send us a voice hail if you wish uh, at 816-TREK-TNC. Uh, or check in on the face group. Why don't you? That's it for the hails. <laughs> Why don't you? Why Just don't check you? over there. Hey. Oh, yeah. Come on over. Take a look. This show that's fake. Everyone believed it, but it's fake. Joke's on you. 200 two and a half hour episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about this week's episode. With this week's episode we crossed many doors to many places your hands made us think of all your faces so ploof tnc in your little board node let's talk about this week's episode uh this week's episode cat to pursuit aired the 30th of january 1993 what was doing andy one alternative song was the devil you know by jesus jones wasn't that last week? Two? Two weeks at the top of the track! Apparently. It's the number one alternative song. Number one song in the US and the UK remained, I think we can all guess, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Whoa. Number one TV show that week, 60 Minutes. Births that week, actor Luke Newton from Bridgerton. Deaths that week, Wow. Tennis's Arthur Ashe uh, events. Cincinnati Reds over owner Mark Shot is suspended. Mark Shot for raci- ra- racist comments. Um, did she just then go back and everything was, was just like it's all over? Uh, she, had sell, she had to sell the team. It's probably dead now. Uh, she, had she had to sell the team. Did she? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Time Magazine cover nominated Attorney General Zoe Baird had to withdraw because she had hired illegal immigrants. <laughs> Zoe Baird? It's probably Zoe Baird. Wow. I don't remember Can you that believe story. It? That, that, I do. I vaguely remember that. Uh, remember, when people, remember when people cared about stuff? You mean like in what sense? Like uh, there was some sort of like uh, accountability for things that people did. Are we in the age of accountability? Now it's, uh, you know, it's constant. Well, I uh, think we're in the age of accountability for some <laughs> and not for others. It's <laughs> a good day. I can see the look on Matt's face where he's like, no, this is, I've, I've got myself in the bog. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to get out. <laughs>
<laughs> I'd like to get out, please. Well, this is the way out, Matt. Elsewhere in Trek, Lis- uh, Lieutenant Chris Leopold made up a nice Elsewhere in Trek jingle for Elsewhere us. Elsewhere in Trek. Elsewhere in Trek. <laughs> really cool. Thank you, Chris. Um, here it is. Uh, this week's TNG episode was Aquiel, an episode to watch with your cat. <laughs> Uh, additionally, on February 4th, the final draft script for The Chase was turned in. Having started as a more wacky, mad, 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 world-esque plot, it took over a year for Joe Minoski and Ron Moore's premise to be written into a workable script. Hmm. Cool. Ready, ready to jump in. All right. That brings us to Captive Pursuit, uh, which was uh, directed by Corey Allen, story by Jill Sherman Donner, and teleplay by Jill Sherman Donner and Michael Piller. And the logline here, O'Brien helps an alien from the Gamma Quadrant as hunters descend on the station, searching for their humanoid prey. Searching for their humanoid prey. Let's dive in as soon as our program resumes in nine seconds. It's a lot of predator variations in Trek over time. A lot of the most dangerous game variations I'm in not Predator. What a lot of people think. I mean, That's if you're a Dabo fair. girl. What an interesting way to start the episode. It really is. I guess. Just I guess thematically you could say that she's sort of in a pred- predatorial situation in the same way as what's his name? What's Tosk. His name? That's a good, that's Tosk a good question. Tosk is the other guy. Thank you. you know, or is he a Tosk? Sarda, why don't you tell me exactly what happened? When did you start to have trouble with Quark? About five minutes after I got off the ship. He immediately made sexual advances. He said it was part of the job. And what did you say? I told him I'd wear the costume and entertain the gamblers, but to keep his Ferengi knuckles to himself. That didn't stop him. No, he said again that it was part of the job. He showed me my employment agreement. See? There it is in the Ferengi print. Page 21, subsection D, paragraph 12. I like I'd the like Ferengi print. The contract- that's I'd like to point out what a, what, a, what a sport Nana Visitor is back here. That's <laughs> true. Just, just staying in that Make shot. There had to be a lot wild. of that shit. There it is in the Ferengi print. Page 21, subsection D, paragraph 12. You're telling me the contract you signed requires you I guess to... I should have read it more carefully. I'm not a legal expert, Commander. I'm not a legal expert either, but I can assure you, after I talk to Quark, he won't hold you or anyone else to this provision concerning the exchange. Commander, sensors are picking up elevated neutrino readings. Something's coming through the wormhole. We're never going to get the end of that sentence. No specifics. <laughs> Thank you, Commander. This is interesting. transports do back? Now, According to our law. here's the question. Do you think the fact that Quark is doing that is in the minds of the people at the time less damning than we would think of it today or do you think yes. we are supposed to be thinking of him as 
you know, as horrible as as, as the facts present. <laughs> uh, I think it was a different time, and it was written from a different perspective. Right. So it's supposed to be sort of rascally. Mm-hmm. As opposed to patently That's always been my impression. Horrendous. Of, of, yeah. Of, um, I guess you could... I, that's why I was like, that's a big, big swing to take in a cold open. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, I guess that is the I guess that is the fact. I do like that there it is in the Ferengi print that there, of course, the Ferengi, everything they write would be in the Ferengi print, which would be the fine print. Um, uh, I also thought, like, I guess in their heads, to continue the Ca- Casablanca thing, it's like this is the equivalent to Claude Rains basically manipulating that that couple um the wife and the couple to sleep with him uh but uh with a wait a second isn't the casablanca thing our thing we said casablanca thing yeah uh, i guess i i mean but this but it has ds9 has been compared to casablanca before hasn't it uh, I don't know. Did we read that somewhere? I've, I've forgotten I by now. It seems like that's a consistent thing. But I agree with you that the, the Odo uh, Quark thing is Casablanca-ish. I feel like that's what they were going for, like almost overtly. Anyway, in Casablanca, Claude Rains is that kind of douchebag. But I think certainly in that time, I think it's, it's unsettling to watch because you're kind of like, Humphrey Bogart walks away with him at the end. And it's kind of like, oh boy, that's going to be kind of a crazy friendship. But at least Bogart's bogey's going to be okay. But it's like now, it's like that guy's horrendous, isn't it? You can't get away. You can't have him just be like, oh, all right, maybe they're going to be friends now. Um, and it's sort of a similar feeling with Cork in '93. <laughs> It doesn't match anything in Starfleet files. I'm getting readings of a massive energy flux. It could be damaged. Sensors indicate a single humanoid life form on board. Hail it. Aye, sir. Hail acknowledged. Response coming in. On screen. Welcome to the Alpha Quadrant. I'm Commander Benjamin Sisko of the United Federation of Planets. Alpha Quadrant. You've passed through a wormhole into a new part of the galaxy. I saw a small ship disappear. I followed it. That was one of our patrol vessels. You've traveled almost 90,000 light years. What planet do you come from? How long does it last, this anomaly? It's stable. You can return whenever you want to. In the meantime, you're welcome to dock here and we'll try to answer all your questions. No. No time. Inertial stress is overloading his structural capacity. Prepare to transport him off his ship. I will not abandon my vessel. Sir, your ship is in danger of... I will not leave! We can use a tractor beam to tow him in. The beam's graviton field should shore up the structural integrity. Do it. Cut your engines. Why? So I can save your ship, friend. We'll bring you in, try to fix you up as good as new. Wow. Just throwing around friend all casual-like. There's a shot somewhere, might be later, where uh, Dax just has her hand on the edge of the console... Um, in mm-hmm. a real casual way, and I kind of thought this was uh, this was uh, good work uh, as uh, in terms of specific acting, like that Dex is that comfortable in her console or being around a console that it's just kind of like it's not a natural thing. I think that an actor would do, and um, I liked it. 
I mean, I think you're the first person to ever comment on that. Specific acting. That's what I specialize in. That is some very specific acting. Brian Duops. Go ahead, Chief. Sure you didn't beam this fellow up when I wasn't looking? Negative. He's not in here. Sensors say he's still on board, Chief. Friend. If you're in here... A lot of friend and chief. Yep. Not your friend, chief. Not your chief friend. <laughs> very predatory. He can, the, the the comedy of him bonking his head. <coughs> the Calibrium oh. bow has been damaged. It's a classic predator I joke. I love that part of predator. <laughs> <laughs> All that slapstick comedy and predator. Nothing to be afraid of out there. Being able to camouflage himself. We've got to wait for your reactor to cool down anyway before we can do anything else. Come on. I've got work to do. Well, so we've been asked, I think it's probably primarily on our Patreon episodes, uh, because we complain a lot about some of New Trek's basically just reenacting old sci-fi plots. This is, to me, an example of, like, it's very predatory, uh, and as Matt says, most dangerous gamey, and they even go so far as to have the this Tosk be able to camouflage himself with some sort of invisibility, which is right on the nose of Predator. But thematically, it's different, and the characterization is different, and the way they handle the plot is different, and even the alien choices of how he presents himself and moves around and everything is different. So that's to me, the distinction of when something is just using a trope and then building on it or mixing and matching and, or it's just like, you know, an annoying reenactment in a less satisfying way than the original. Right. Uh, fair distinction. How do you feel about Tosk's makeup? I mean, if you're going to be a humanoid lizard, I suppose that's the way to go. That's what I think. It's some great lizard man makeup. I mean, I think this lizard makeup the through the anomaly was very is better than any version, live action versions of uh, Lizard Man or Killer Croc or any of the others. Hmm. They do a great job. My phaser. You're fine. I feel really bad for this guy. You wear a weapon. Well, defensive purposes only. It may not seem hospitable, but when you go into an alien ship for the first time, you never know what might be in there. You may even find someone who can make himself invisible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good one, Brian. I understand. What does that mean? Why is he giving it so much importance? Is he just saying, I see that you're not a threat to me? No, I think that's his clocking that there are weapons aboard the station that he could have access to at some point. Gotcha. How many live here? Well... 300, more or less. 
What is its purpose? Purpose? Defense? Surveillance? Well, sometimes when I walk along here, I feel like we're the flea market to the sector. <laughs> but I guess our real job is to keep an eye on the wormhole. There's traffic going in and out all the time now. You Many don't ships dock fly here. around or go anywhere to explore planets. <laughs> I wish you're, you're saying you wish you really dug in on the whole premise of the show. <laughs> you just sit here. Wouldn't you want something more exciting, like exploring the galaxy in a ship? Just perch here and people dock? That's it? Well, there are some things to learn about us that can wait. How about you? Are you a, uh, an explorer, a scientist? I am Tosk. Right. It's funny. In retrospect, this was great. Computer. Because it seemed enig- he seemed very successfully enigmatic, and you're like, what's going on with this guy? What's his issue? And in retrospect, everything he does sort of makes sense. It's like, it, it's hard to pull that magic trick of like keeping something mysterious, but then in retrospect, you're like, no. He said, I'm Tosk. He was describing his occupation or his, you know, who he is in society. Also, like in the Universal Translator, being a dick and not translating what he means. My ship. Yes, but we'll start as soon as we can. But that's all he could say, you know? What do you mean? And still stick to the rules. All he could say was... Oh, that's right. He also had the silence that the yes. he wasn't allowed to say. Uh, I was surprised that only no. 300 people live there. Seems yeah, like I guess I was too. Bigger than that. I was thinking at least a thousand. Yeah. Thank you. As the Vulcans say, we're here to serve. <laughs> it's kind of a funny... Physique that they've chosen for a Tosk. <laughs> it's like sort of Computer. stocky and state request. Robotic and awkward. I wish to see a display of this facility. Uh, yeah, I thought he would like. I, you know, I'd expect the car, the not the character, but the uh, the Tosk. Yeah. To be leaner. Yeah. Some like be, like be able faster. to get away faster. I, right? Like Saru. Like right. Saru. It right. should be Saru. Um, I guess they made him this way to make him sort of a little bit cuddlier, so you're you're immediately on his side. Well, well, that was you. I wasn't on his side. <laughs> Lizard man, come on, I don't trust that. <laughs> a man is always looking over his shoulder, is waiting for trouble to find him. You think he's on the run? I'll tell you this: he wasn't telling the whole truth about the damage to his ship. It sure wasn't caused by the wormhole. Somebody took a shot at him. It came in at a forty-five degree angle to the hull. Sliced through two propulsion systems. I'll know more when I get a better look at it. Stay with him as much as possible while he's here. I'll tell Odo to keep an eye on him, too. Aye, sir. By hiding as, you know, a, a lamp or a, a box of matches. Or maybe even his contact lenses. <laughs> 
you know, he can see, then he'll be able to see out through himself as he always does. An expression that means they'll be easy to fix. They will be easy to fix? Sure. Yeah. We'll just get my crew to remove your Arvanodes, then we'll take them over to the replicator center and make new ones. Piece of cake. Cardassians hate cake, you know. Oh, maybe a day or two. We'll want to run some tech. No, no, they miss cake. Do they like cake? They it like was that I was do this, or I feel about this, the way that a Cardassian misses cake. Tests <laughs> out to the replacement units in. No, no time for that. Hey! I let you take that unit out without proper testing. It breaks down. You blame me. Next thing I know, my work has a bad reputation in the Gamma Quadrant. I would not blame you. <laughs> I was joking, Tusk. I cannot tell. Oh, Brian. <sighs> Sorry. Star Trek comedy. And you're the most natural Often straight man I've met. Misfires. <laughs> oh, Brian. We are very different. Tosk and O'Brien. I've noticed. Tosk is a lizard man. Hey, barkeep! Don't call me barkeep. I'm not a barkeep. I'm your host, the proprietor. A sympathetic ear to the wretched souls that pass through these portals. And a man who will exploit any vice you may have. Two synthales, barkeep. I am sorry. I have no vices for you to exploit. A challenge. Tosk is our first guest from the Gamma Quadrant, Quark. I take him at his word. Perhaps a short adventure in a hollow suite? Hollow suite? A fantasy encounter with danger, romance, thrills. Created for your personal entertainment by the brothers Quark. I have no use for fantasy adventure. I live the greatest adventure one could ever desire. Science fiction. <laughs> that was kind of a crazy, crazy statement in the middle of this. <laughs> he's running from something, that's for sure. And he's in danger. And he can't or won't talk about it. Well, people tell doctors things they wouldn't tell anyone else. If you could get him to have a routine medical examination, maybe I The could... thing is, I kind of like the guy. I kind of like that dynamic sure being set up. First of all, I like In that a way, it's... he's almost naive. It's a version of Bashir that's like... It's not even... has doesn't have to do with sex. He's still trying to horn in on somebody else's action. <laughs> maybe he could talk to me. Maybe, maybe this plot could be about me instead of O'Brien. <laughs> and O'Brien just fucking cuts him off. It's <laughs> great. I guess anyone would be in an alien environment. But I don't sense a threat of criminal intent or dishonesty about him. I thought you said he lied about the damage to his ship. He didn't exactly lie. But he didn't exactly tell the truth either. He keeps the truth pretty much to himself. When do you think his ship will be ready? Tomorrow. I don't see that we have much of a choice. We can't hold him. If he wants to tell you the truth, fine. 
If not, wish him well and send him on his way. Goodbye. Uh, Odo's pretty good at his job until he's not, you know? You feel like he wasn't good? I don't remember. He he blocks him off. Doesn't he get, like, taken out by the hunters immediately? <laughs> like, he gets punched, and I'm just like... That was like, strange. It felt to me can like... you really... Can you punch Odo? Shouldn't he turn into liquid like the T-1000 and then grab your hand with... I also felt like he should be stronger than that. I feel like he's already been shown himself to be... Stronger. Maybe he's not strong. Maybe he's very strong, just easily surprised. And he wasn't actually, he didn't feel the punch. He was just surprised by it. He I, don't jumped I, I don't know why I'd be surprised if he could see and hear out of every part Oh, of my him. goodness. I did nothing to you. It's that security junction I'm curious about. I must prepare. For what? I cannot discuss it. I am Tosk. It's personal. I'm sure you are. Why don't we go down to my office while your friend, Chief O'Brien, takes a look to see just what you've been doing in there. O'Brien. Right. I'm going to release the force fields now. I don't need a fight from you. Understand? I will not fight you. Good. Computer, release the security seals. discuss it and i can't accept that as an answer i did nothing to you you were tampering with the security grid i consider that a threat i think he was trying to shut out the lockouts to section three the weapons locker what were you going to do with the weapons are you wanted by authorities somewhere in the gamma quadrant wanted have you committed crimes never i am task what does that mean is that supposed to explain all this? It is all I can say. Tosk, don't you think we deserve some answers? What should I do with him? Hold him for now. We'll wait to see if someone shows up looking for him. I can't move on with this plot until he tells me more. We're just going to go around in circles until the next act. It's a little slow. I guess not for the time. You know, honestly, I didn't think it was slow. I think it's a very simple story, though. Uh-huh. I think it's a really simple sci-fi story, but not in a bad way. Right. I think in a, in a, in a way that was satisfying, uh, I think, on most sides of it. Um, oh, look, Matt's really taking a turn here, and now he loves DS9. I think DS9 is the... I do think DS9 is the best, period, but... Also, I think that uh, this episode could have fallen, like it could have fallen into the trope thing, like you're saying. Right. It could have also been unsatisfying, which it wasn't. Uh huh. And it could have been, you know, uh, a rehash of. Um, You know, like all these all these prime directive stories, yeah, uh, are just like they all they all feel the same. 
in the sense of like, well, this culture, in this culture, they abuse their children at 13 and then they become killers. Like, you know, that Picard episode or like in this right. episode, uh, they um, commit suicide at 60 years old. Exactly. Right. Um, no interference. Like, say they all sort of like end the same. Yeah. So, and this one ends this differently. One, this one felt a little more satisfying because, you know, you have all those points, but they, like like that email said, like that Hale said, like it's sort of DS9 sort of goes, well, it's in the middle. We do things this way. That is true. It's it's a very, it's a much, it's sort of, you got to adjust to a subtler level of storytelling, which I think is true with a lot of premium television in the modern era. Um, but it is hard because you kind of almost want more. You want them to land somewhere. You want a little bit more fireworks. So it, it it ends up feeling a little bit muted, even though I agree. I think it's all very well done and, um, and, uh, well executed. And it sort of lands in a place where it's like, well, that's where Tosk, that's what Tosk wants. So, um, it's interesting. Feel sorry for him. Somehow I don't think he means us any harm. <sighs> the hell is his secret? It was almost like um, he was going to go beat it out of him. <laughs> <laughs> What's your secret? The people who want to kill uh, Tosker are here. And it really seems like they could just destroy the Federation if they wanted to. The patterns match Tosk's ship. Hail them. Maybe we'll finally get a few answers. No response. Again, rotate frequencies. (laughs) I like that delivery. It's a modulated particle beam. It's scanning... Which one? The no response? Yeah, I like that Kira's... Kira's growing on me. It should come as no surprise. Maybe I got a Bajoran thing. But, uh... But just... (laughs) Just like... (laughs) Just so over it. I like no response. You... Why are we even bothering? Why are we even bothering well, to reach out to these people? It's <laughs> only four episodes, you know. Yeah. So I think like growing on you is she's growing on me faster than Dax is growing on me. Well, Dax hasn't had a fucking scene <laughs> in these. How many episodes are we in? Four episodes, and she really hasn't had much to do. What do you mean? There's all that fun of Bashir harassing That's her. It. <laughs> That's it. Yes. There's uh, people talking about how she's an old man. There's uh, and when they pretended when she pretended to have aphasia, so she didn't have to take over ops. Like our, <laughs> that was when I liked her the best. That was when I related to her the most. Let them have a good look at us. And we need phase power fluctuations. They may be readying a transporter of some kind. No, Major. Shields up. Open all the just because Open. It was just because you just mentioned it when he started talking. I was like, it would be a great callback if he was in the background just like, flower pot fixing nine turn ten seven. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. Those are actual tech terms. <laughs> we, were, uh, we already cured that, Dax. Oh, shit. Uh... <laughs> These are very dumb costumes. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not to be a dumb costume sometimes. 
But I think particularly like this whole like, what, do, what, what would you even call that? It's not like uh, I'm trying to think of what makes them dumb. It's the red, right? It's the red tights. It's the red tights. They have the Marvin the Martian helmets. They have the weird semi Cylon thing. It's like they're supposed to be incredibly intimidating, and they look so awkwardly moving and un, uh, you know. Just sort of dumpy. <laughs> I All think Tosk looks kind of dumpy too. Tosk Tosk does look dumpy, which is kind of funny. But Tosk is supposed to be sympathetic. He's not supposed to be intimidating. Well, I think the whole culture is built on uh, around dumpy people. Did Odo just cop a feel when he's trying to? You assume that was quote, his hand. Help, his I hands are actually at the top of his head. <laughs> That's true. It's probably his, his eyes and his ears. I don't know if that's worse or better. <laughs> Maybe he was like listening to her heartbeat to make sure she was alive. <laughs> um, you're really right about the technology. These people have like Borg level technology. They like just well, pop I mean, right into the ship. They still are uh, seemingly. Uh, get knocked down by phaser blasts as long as they can't get a forearm up <laughs> yeah violating your oath of silence I told them nothing but to see you here caged helpless how could you allow this it is a disgrace to all Tusk and the most disappointing hunt in memory you're saying that this whole thing is a hunt and Tusk is the prey? You were right. This Tusk is unworthy of such a noble description. For this dishonor, you'll endure the greatest humiliation Tusk can know. To be captured and brought home alive. We'll live out your existence on public display where children can make fun of you, toss you scraps of food, which is more than you deserve. <laughs> Release him. You've disrupted life on this. I was trying to figure out where I knew him from. Yeah. Where do you know him from something big, Matt? I know him from something big. Star Trek Voyager. Right. And uh, he's the other Q. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely knew the voice, but I couldn't place it. Station for the pleasure of your hunt. I'm not inclined to take orders from you. Odo, watch the prisoner while our guest and I discuss this in private. Unless you intend to take him by force, in which case I'm prepared to give orders to open fire on your ship. Over this Tosk? Uh, I mean, look, it's your classic case of uh, alien confused by humans treating pet as human. <laughs> yeah, you were you were saying that. I, I <coughs> yes, it's obviously it's a trope fest, but I kind of feel like. They're doing a good job because the characterizations are different. I also feel like I was a little confused 
um, by like, what? Well, wait a minute, why do they kind of look the same, but they don't look the same? But now I like that it's like they are the same race, and Tosk has been bred out of the other race to serve oh, this I didn't purpose. Notice that? Yeah, they're are like they? a little different. Yeah, he's like more lizardy and has more dots all over his face. Unless he's just a right, different. I thought they were. Species this looks like exists. they literally they literally just put a promo cardboard cutout of Jedzia <laughs> oh, back there. I kind of but Sir I Tusk kind of is like an also living. and I think this is true I guess this is true of Odo, Jadzia, and Akira. Their physicalizations are like very refined. Like they're very like Oh, that tells me who that character is. Like Jadzia is always sort of standing in that that sort of. Um, you, you know what it is. You, you know what you're confusing it? it with. What on Star Trek: The Next Generation? Rarely were people not sitting. <laughs> might be honestly because all of their everything on DS9 they operate standing up. Yeah, you know for the most part. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that and moving around that table. But obviously, you got the Riker, the seat sitting and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like Picard, you know, Shakespearean trained Patrick Stewart, has the most physicalization that sort of communicates who his character is right off the bat. I feel like everybody else is kind of casual. These people are very, like, Jadzia is very official looking in her stance, Kira's a little bit aggressive in her stance. Odo looks like he doesn't know how to stand because he just created his legs. That's what you think. Half the time Odo could be in the scene and we don't even know. <laughs> it's true. But he's not standing like a human then. If he asks for it. Is Odo ever like an inanimate object, like a mixer or something? And then he creates his Odo head and he goes, It's a living! that ever happened no it just and no did. spoilers no. <laughs> don't tell me <laughs> just bird playing a record Andy that's the only thing uh, of here request asylum asylum you ask for the protection of the federation you understand my commander is willing to protect you oh Brian I am Tosk. I cannot hide here behind the protection of your Federation. It is against everything I believe. You'd rather go back and live in a cage on public display? To stay would be a greater dishonor. I am Tosk, the hunted. I live to outwit the hunters for another day. To survive until I die with honor. But that will not be my fate. But I will not deny my existence as Tosk. Thank you. Oh, Brian. 
Why what? do you keep you saying it, it like that? Why does he keep saying it like that? Because he's an alien. Oh, Brian. Everything else I say normally, except for, oh, Brian. <laughs> he does seem incredibly high-functioning when he goes into his defense of his, uh, his, what would you call it? Occupation? Code? Culture? Culture. I do, uh, I really like, and I think it's very unusual and interesting that he has this sort of almost samurai code about being hunted. I think that's very interesting and unusual. And then even if you connect it to earlier on, he's like, I live a life of great adventure. He like, he digs it. And in some yeah. ways it's no more insane than uh, nothing. <laughs> I think I'm about to step into a weird area. <laughs> uh, look, I get the appeal uh, I'm, I'm not made of the stuff that would make a soldier, but it's theoretically like, you know, you're you're choosing to put your honor in, well, you're defending people and defending a nation, so I guess there are different factors. But I, but but certain a certain aspect of the culture of being a soldier is built on the honor of proving your mettle in, in war, at least historically. So it could be kind of compared to that. Um, and certainly in feudal times, that's what it was. Feudal Japan. I mean, the allegory, I think, here is more akin to, like, uh, like, like, I don't know. It's just, like, these, they, 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 they think they want to be hunted because that's all they know. You're saying that's the, that's the counterpoint to this. That's the problem. They well, don't that know is anything beyond that, and they kind of solve the problem by just saying, "Look, let's just help him escape at the end, and then it's basically his deal." As opposed to addressing the larger issue of, "But aren't they, and this is the prime directive concern that I recurringly have." Okay, this task feels that way. You going to tell me there are other tasks on that planet that are like, "Hey, can I not do this? I don't want you to right. hunt me until I die." Right. Well, I not dealing with them. Yeah, I would assume so too. What's that? Or are we just seeing nothing. that through human eyes? Nothing. I just thought human. you might want to talk. There is nothing wrong between my wife and I. If there were, I sure as hell wouldn't want to talk to some barkeep about it. Sorry, our mistake. What? <laughs> Your face gets very pink when it gets aggravated. Much more so than most other humans. So stop aggravating me. <laughs> Not me. You came in the door this way. Fine. You're right. I'm aggravated. I am a keen observer of behavior. You want to talk about it? No. Why not? Because it wouldn't do any good talking to you. Try me. Forget it. It's just the rules of the game. Uh-huh. Rules of the game. Go on. It's a hunt, do you know that? They're chasing Tosk in a hunt. And everybody's playing by the rules. They're playing by their rules, we're playing by ours, and he's caught in the middle. Of course, I suppose if the Ferengi don't like the rules, they just change them. Well, rules. Rules are always subject to of interpretation. Of course! Change the rules. Okay, Colm, we're going to need another take. I think you want to do that again? No? Okay. I think we got it. <laughs> okay. 
Thanks, Barkeep. Where's he going? He's just walked off the set. Oh my god. <laughs> Cut. The writing O'Brien is someone who so, cuts people off a lot. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what'd you think? About that scene? Of the quark dynamic that you're starting to see developed on the show. Um, he gets in other people's business. I assume it's always for his own benefit. Um, what? How, how did that benefit him? You're getting information about what's going on. You always got to assume see. that the a Ferengi has another motivation. And then uh, helping out Odo the week prior was also for his benefit. Well, in some ways, he was protecting his own investment <laughs> in this bar. Uh huh. Okay. All right. I'll have to see more of Quark before I trust him, because as far as I'm concerned, the, the actor uh, Armin Shimmerman is that his name. Mm-hmm. Is uh is playing Quark always as devious and like oh boy you don't know what I'm up to even when he's doing something that seems benevolent so I mean other than his contracts he has with the Dabo girls I think Quark's a okay <laughs> is that the only questionable thing he does <laughs> that is going to be very this surprising is a if that's matter. the case this is a Starfleet matter orders from Cisco. We'll see about that. Do not trouble yourself. My ship will transport us. No, sir, that won't be necessary. Good relations with other cultures is our highest priority. Commander Sisko wants to make sure you understand we're sorry we interfered with your hunt. The least we can do is give you an official escort off the station. It's a token of goodwill and respect in our society. Very well. Starfleet has no business taking charge of a prisoner transport. What do you think of how slow uh, Odo walked out when he? I thought it was like, funny when he got it all. <laughs> when he put it all together, it's like. Uh, <laughs> Cisco to O'Brien. Mister O'Brien, report to ops immediately. This way. Look at how. Let's go past the school mopey. room. We're gonna go past the school room now. <laughs> Should we stop in and take a look? See how well she's doing. You know, she has no credentials. Uh, it's weird that that weapon thing works that way, too. I feel like it should be directional. But anyway, yes, go ahead, Andy. What do you mean? The door? It go That thing that goes off when he... Walks the shield the thing? Weapon, the weapon detector that we... Remember how he's walking out with the Tosk and his the thing beeps and Chief O'Brien then lays the groundwork and says, oh, it's because I have a phaser. Oh, oh right, right, right. Well, I right. assume he's Chief O'Brien. I, I think it should, only get... work, it should only work that way, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, they should only care that weapons are coming in. <laughs> oh, well, that's a valid point. Well, I assume that uh, O'Brien uh, messed with it. Um, sure. Also, I love how go excited everybody is by like this guy. The hunt is back on. He's like pumped. <laughs> well, I guess that's to O'Brien's point. I guess he's doing the right thing. Yeah. It's also funny that uh, Tosk before that moment is literally could not look more like Charlie Brown walking like, oh, God, caught. Well, I mean, the 
great shame befell him. It's kind of a very funny exchange. The hunt has guy. resumed. <laughs> Come on, your shit's ready. <laughs> this guy and Tosk have that it really doesn't feel like it's a subordinate and another. It just feels like it's a boss and his subordinate. Kind of like you really, you really ruined that pitch for everybody, Jeff. You know, just like we really needed this business, and you really, uh, you slept late. You kind of blew it all for everybody. Uh, I think yeah, I think that's that's also the dynamic they're trying to show too. Is the like owner? It doesn't feel like an owner though. It feels like it's just like, look, we're on the same page. You just, uh, you really blew it here. And uh, mm, I, I mean, the, I think they're really going for it with the collar and the leash. And they are. Him. But if he was truly that much of a slave, would the guy be talking to him as like, what are you doing? Come on, man. You're Tusk. Come on. You, I mean, look, historically, that's, that's, that, that is a thing that would happen. And, you know, I need to see more, obviously. This is the thing that I'm sort of beginning to appreciate about Deep Space Nine is you had your your TNG episodes that were left in a more ambivalent place in the end. And I appreciated those. And it seems like this is really kind of setting the tone for that where even at the expense of a clean, oh, the story's over kind of thing, they will end on, and we're just discussing the issues. We don't have a hard place we're landing on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but that's that's also other. It's another part of it too. Like you know, you go to a salmon pond where all the salmon are bred to be caught. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't know any different. They're like, "What are you talking about?" We live here, and then they catch us. That's how it works. And then, like you know, free salmon are like, "Come on, let's swim upstream." And they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> that seems like a lot of effort. We could just stay here. Seems like you might be anthropomorphizing them. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've never seen a salmon look you in the eye. I guess so. They have I've never caught a salmon. I've seen a dead one look me in the eye. Security Before I ate it. The promenade. Here. Apparently, O'Brien set him loose. I'm showing someone in an access conduit above Quark's. Two life forms. One's human. They're heading the other one's the kind of stocky. I'll seal off the adjoining corridors. They won't get far. Constable. There's no hurry. <laughs> it's a great interaction. <laughs> I don't think he needed to look back again. I think that was overplaying it. I liked it. I think just the slow, him slowing the walk was enough. No, no, I... Well, I liked it because it's just more of an obvious. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Same page. Yeah. Me and you, Cisco. For my, my taste, one step too much. Let me just say I this. He had said, I wish he had said, uh, uh. <laughs> Wink. Wink. Um, um, I'm going to say this. For a being whose prime purpose is escape, uh, Tosk is not very agile I feel like he should be like shimmying through those those Jeffrey's tubes like a you know like a like a lizard like a rat he doesn't, he doesn't know where he's going he needs he O'Brien he still should be moving fast 
He did that thing where he pounced on that hunter guy. Yeah. I was also not clear on like, did O'Brien just kill them? Did they get killed or are they just knocked out? Did O'Brien shoot him or did Tusk? Tusk did. But like, I, I bet Tusk, I bet the Tusk aren't allowed to shoot and kill. It seems like it's probably like you guys can you can stun us, but that's oh it. right, yeah, that seems like that would be more likely. But but on that on that same note, are they supposed to kill tusks, or are they or are they just supposed to capture them? No, they're supposed to kill them, and they How die with know? honor. All oh, right, right. <laughs> I don't think so. One day as a tusk is enough for me. And I've got a wife and kid that wouldn't fit too well into this lifestyle. Please shut up, O'Brien. Will your Federation punish you for helping me? Maybe. But if I know my commander... uh... Hell, those guys wanted a hunt. I just gave them one. Go on. I don't think he should have said that. You better get out of here while you still can. Oh. To the guy that keeps saying, Oh, Brian... I feel like he needed to explain that to that guy. <laughs> Play the rest of the scene. Brian. You have interfered in the hunt. Die with honor. <laughs> I want this oh, to be my Brian. new sign off. Die with honor, Tusk. Matt, it seems very unlikely yeah. that either of us is going to die with honor. I disagree, but... Oh, really? Certainly you won't, but I will. <laughs> the weapon sensors must have overloaded in all his various gear, sir. Must have. Yes, sir. What are you going to be doing at the end? It must have. Since... It depends, but it'll probably involve a polar bear. <laughs> I saving your family from a polar bear? By about 200%. Maybe. Or saving a polar cub. Mm-hmm. That would be honorable. From a narwhal. You don't know. So, in effect, you assaulted him. Our first contact with a new species. Yes, sir. We've got dozens of top-level officials back at Starfleet Command eagerly waiting to hear about our encounter with the first new life forms to come through the wormhole. How do you suggest I write up this report? Well, sir, I'm not one to say, but... Well, you know, these hunters weren't any happier than we were at having to bring Tosk home. It seems to me, in the interests of mutual understanding and future relations... Save it! You ignored your duty to Starfleet. Save it? You, you asked me the question. Badge so you could ignore me. You even ignored the Prime Directive by interfering with their damned hunt. Another stunt like this, and your wife won't have to complain about the conditions here anymore. Do I make myself clear? I understand. Get rid of me. My wife You're teaches your child. You're gonna renovate our quarters? <laughs> I was surprised by one thing, sir. What's that? Well, I knew I couldn't override all the security seals in the station. And I figured once you and the constable located us, well, it'd be over. We'd find ourselves locked behind some force field somewhere. I guess that one got bias. 
Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Dismissed. What if he did the slow walk out too? Ha <laughs> ha, they're all smiling. They're in on it. They all understand each other. So I guess this is what I'm saying from a writing perspective. He He um I don't know that he needed to explain to Tosk, hey, I think I'm gonna be okay because you know, I think my, my commander will be able to understand. I think it's better if we go into that scene not knowing if he's going to understand and then the drop comes at the end it's more of a surprise but since he already said eh, I think he's going to understand it's kind of like alright that kind of takes the air out of the Cisco confrontation I mean they really blew the whole series right there I don't think that we know Cisco enough at that point I agree with you I just don't know why edit you don't need to tell Tosk that I think Tosk needs more information actually Tosk should have been informed of other goings on in the station. I think you just leave out his question, and then Tosk just says, thank you, O'Brien. I think Tosk should have been made head of operations. <laughs> well, he would have a debate out of me. I think that would have been fun. Tosk would have been a great Addition. head of operations. <laughs> He's constantly trying to escape people, even if they're just trying to be friends with him. Yeah. He's not going to let them get him down. Or befriend him, unless they plan on killing him honorably. Thank you. <laughs> and good day. Will it be the MVC? Will it be Cisco? Or Major Kira? It could even be a Ferengi. So let's hear what Matt Nandy think. It's probably O'Brien. It was here. I agree. He's going to give Cisco some points for not getting in his way. I mean, look, plan doesn't happen without O'Brien. It's true. And, you know, he's got that whole... Uh, Theoretically, he's not... Conversation with Quark, so maybe it's Quark. Somebody was asking, because we were talking about crew evals as opposed to MVC, but isn't most valuable crew member sort of the same? Well, you run into things on the station where, like, Quark and Rom and uh, uh, Garrick and, you know, these people that aren't necessarily in Starfleet or in the Bajoran militia. Right. Uh, do we need to... Is there another C that we can change the... Uh... I figured. I figure it doesn't matter. Most valuable character, which is what we sometimes did. Sure, Andy, if that makes you feel better about it. It doesn't make me feel anything. I'm just trying what? to. What? Then why are you out. bringing it up? Who cares? <laughs> they did. Whoever you are, it's fine. We're just having a good time. MVC can mean whatever you want it to mean at home. I feel like it's nice to have a, f- a format that you stick to and a structure that's consistent. Look, the jingle doesn't say what MVC means. Right. So. It's whatever. Um, there you go. I think it's O'Brien. It's O'Brien. Excellent. Now it's time for the Andes. 
We don't have an Andes, special Andes for DS9, do we? No. Nothing's come in yet, so that's another one. People have been sending in jingles like wildfire, so. Yeah, but I mean, they're, the Andes portion is generic enough. That's from true. Previous times, so. All right. That's true. You have How one that's just. You have one they haven't used in a while that's just the Andes. Oh, I don't even haven't seen that one in a long time. That had a nice little laser sound. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one now. Uh, how many Andes? Uh, it's a really good episode. It's very interesting. In that, I think I'm skewing my scores a little higher because my expectations are so low for the beginning of a Star Trek series, and as I've said. Everything is so solid. The acting, the writing, the story structure especially, the the subtle hand that they're painting everything with right down to in this episode. It's like, you know, you think it's going to be this clear thing of like, oh, they're oppressing this person. And then it's like, yeah, but the, the person seems kind of like that's, you know, their code. So then do you interfere? Do you not interfere? I like that. Um, but it still feels a little logy somehow. I can't tell why. Maybe the characters haven't been activated enough yet. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I do, in a sense. I Maybe it just doesn't feel... F- I, I think the characters just don't feel fleshed out to you yet, so you're having a hard time with like what the characters should and shouldn't be doing or how they should be feeling about things. Do you feel like there's a lot of story momentum or do you feel like it's like gripping or I feel like it's just sort of I mean it kind of reminds me a little bit of the beginning of The Wire and that it's sort of a slow start I don't know I think this episode I think this is a good episode I agree and I'd probably give it you know about 7.5 to 8 Andes probably give it 7.5 Andes and oh wow uh, very high I think it's one of the better ones of the first season. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? So far. Yeah. See, and I've then, enjoyed them all. Uh, I would say that as a... I mean, I'm not grading it on the curve of... It's a Star Trek series, and they're usually shitty in the first season. I'm uh-huh. grading it on the curve of, did I enjoy watching it? Would I right. watch it again? Right. I don't care when in the run it's made. I think that's that's uh, that last thing is where I sort of am like this was really good. This was really well done. Well, I think that's where you went bananas at the at the emissary pilot because you were like in the context of pilots, you were like grading it not as like an hour and a half of television you'd have to watch again. (laughs) Well, that's your, you know, that's a that's a standard that you've created that doesn't necessarily it's not a universal standard. Look, you just because your name the, is the thing that we're awarding. <laughs> so I, I rank you. Have final say over it's how inherent you award them. in judging the thing based on what you expect the thing to deliver. Um and so I don't know if I would be that excited to watch this episode again um but i think it's real good so i give it a seven it's good star trek to me it's good 
you know. I agree with simple, that. Simple sci-fi disguising, you know, a larger moral discussion of like, you know, hunting and uh, uh, self-sacrifice and like all that kind of a th- it's all sort of woven into this very simple story about O'Brien befriending a guy who ship broke. I agree all that. I think it's like um well, just because it's it's interesting because we were judging a lot of the other shows, particularly a lot of New Trek, and we're just giving a rundown of the flaws and the mis- what we perceive as storytelling mistakes or whatever it is. And I can't really They're point rampant. to that many things like you, huh? Cuz well, yes. rampant over there. That's the problem. Shh. Sure, but what's interesting is in this episode, it's like they did everything they set out to do. They did a clever approach to it. They delivered it. And it's sort of like, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's really good. But it's kind of like there's nothing that makes me yeah. be like, you know, like, oh, man, that was amazing, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting. Also, you know, as we same continue. token, nothing makes you go, who's responsible for this? Get me names. How dare they? That is true. Although that does activate me a little more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Andy, we're going to watch the trailer for next week's show. I don't know if you can see that title. It says Q in it. Oh, boy. Hey. We'll hit the wormhole in 18 minutes. Puts the station on a collision course for disaster. I just saw Q on the promenade. Q here? All gone. Bring wow. him back, Q. Now! Is Q up to his old tricks? My advice to you is to evacuate now. Or is the destiny of Deep Space Nine even out of his control? On the next exciting episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I'm looking forward to the next Elsewhere in Trek because I would like to, if you, uh, to place that, this Q appearance amongst the other Q appearances. Because this... Well, in terms of a very, series, this seems way too early to bring him in, and I understand the reason they're bringing him in is to pull more TNG fans in. But yeah, it is. I think it's early too. Six episodes in, you're like, let's use Q. Yeah. But he shows up with Vosh. No, he doesn't. Does he? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nepotism. So Unless that puts going it out all. That that'll put it all. That that should tell you where it fits in the Qdom. Oh wow! Oh, that's fun. Um, uh, the last thing I was going to say that I forgot was uh, these—I uh, don't know if they're called—they're not called tusks, but whatever the the hunters of the to to the tusks. Just is. called the hunters, as far as I can tell. They have personal transporters. <laughs> yeah. Are they from the from the disco future? <laughs> I mean, maybe the Gamma Quadrant. You know, is that the future? <laughs> Time moves differently over there. Maybe it's the year thirty thirty nine or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. So next week, tune in for Andy's favorite new character, Q. So excited to see who this is all. You know who this guy is. See what he What's this in. Q about? Andy did a full 180 on Q, as you remember, from the time we started watching Star Trek to the time we finished The Next Generation. Although I feel like this episode might swing him back the other way. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> Good day, people. Die with honor.
disengage. 